AM 1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Welcome in to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. It is Monday. It is November 6th. That means the time has changed and the Extra Point is coming to you live from 11 to 1, Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. We'll still take your phone calls. We'll do it today at around uh, 1130 and 1215. 602-260-1060 is the number. I know the phones were full uh, in the sports zone and promised some people to give us a call back in the extra point and we'll get you on. 602-260-1060 is the number. But as we typically... That's that's because I was begging for phone calls so I didn't have to talk about the Cardinals (laughs) or ASU. Speaking of which... Uh, yeah, exactly, right? Uh, we're going right into that. Uh, with the KDOS1060.com poll question, which offensive performance was worse, Cardinals on Sunday at Cleveland or Sun Devils on Saturday at Utah? And the masses continue to be on the Cardinals side of things here at 67% of the vote, Sun Devils trailing at 33%. Okay, in case you weren't paying attention and got you, know, you made the right move if you weren't, uh, the Cardinals lost 27-0 and had 58 total yards on Sunday, and the Sun Devils had 83 yards and lost 55-3 on Saturday. We so will, good luck. <laughs> we will officially answer this question around uh, 12.30 today, and we'll get into the Cardinals here momentarily. But first, let's set the scene with today's Twitter poll question at KDOS AM 1060. Bob caught up with Stuart Mandel from The Athletic to talk all things college football. And if you missed it, podcast it over at KDOS1060.com. Who is the best team in college football? And Michigan continues to be out in front at 50% of the vote. Then we have a tie between Georgia and Ohio State at 25% apiece. And Florida State can continues to get no love at zero percent of the vote i think you make a really good case for all four of those teams uh and i think you can also as matt from phoenix and the the sports zone in the last hour he made a case for oregon and they do have a loss so you know it's a you know they're not gonna you know there's a tiebreaker thing here at least at this point uh but uh you know right now i mean uh I'm guessing there are some odds makers out there that have uh, to do the, you know, obviously they do power rankings uh, as you know, who they think is the best team right now. And, and I would be really surprised if there weren't at least a handful or more odds makers out there that have Oregon right now as the number one power ranked team in college football. The more and more that time goes by, they probably are kicking themselves for what happened against UW and, and certainly just, uh, you know, how well Bo Nix is playing, offensively hitting their stride with the run game as well. And defensively, um, you have to put them in the category of a strong defensive team in the Pac-12 this season. Yeah, I think you make a case that they have the best offensive and defensive line, certainly combined in the Pac-12. 
And uh, I'm not exactly sure. Maybe we'll have a better idea. We should have a better idea about Michigan in that area after this week when they play Penn State. Uh, so, But I'm not sure Oregon doesn't have the best offensive and defensive line combination in the country. We will officially answer that question around 1230. And once again, you can chime in with college football, NFL discussion, 602-260-1060. We'll do that around 1130 and 1215. All right, for the Cardinals, it was a 27 to nothing loss to the Browns on Sunday. Uh, the Cardinals had 58 total yards of offense. That's the fewest by the franchise since December 4th of 1955. It was their first shutout. Before I was born. <laughs> God. Yeah, that's... Uh... Born two years before I was born. I mean, God, thank God I wasn't alive to watch that game. Yeah, uh, December 4th of 1955 was the last uh, last time the Cardinals had fewer yards than yesterday's performance. It also happened to be the first time that they were shut out since 2018. Uh, Clayton Toon, he got the start. He was 11 of 20, 58 yards, two interceptions, one fumble, seven sacks that accounted for a loss of 41 yards. Also have to keep in mind here that the team was missing James Conner, uh, missing Amari DiMercato, Rondell Moore ended up getting the start at running back, four carries, three yards for him. Keontae Ingram, nine carries, eight yards for him. Tony Jones Jr., three carries, two yards for him. Uh, and then you had the offensive line. When they were in there, uh, they certainly were not providing a whole lot of protection. DJ Humphreys left the game with an ankle. Will Hernandez left the game with a leg injury. You were already down Elijah Wilkinson at left guard. So it was a recipe for struggle right from the start. I've been saying, though, for weeks uh, that this offensive line, when healthy, has gotten worse as the season has continued. So even healthy, and those guys didn't leave the game until they were already getting run off the field. I mean, they were they, they were awful when those guys were still playing yesterday. Uh, so there's that. You know, you mentioned uh, you know the, you know some of the bad numbers. I'll throw in a few more. They had five plays of their 48, which were in Cleveland territory for the whole game. They never got closer than the 44 yard line. Never in the whole game. Uh, so. I've been covering this team since 2000 and, uh, you know, 20, the 2020, 20, excuse me, 2001 season on a weekly basis, uh, 2002, excuse me, on a weekly basis. And this is the worst performance I've ever seen. It was uh, just awful. And, uh, you know, they had 31 yards in the first half and they got worse in the second half and had 27. Yeah, uh, to your point there with the, the number of plays in the Browns' territory, it was three plays, zero yards, and one interception. So uh, that was that was not great. Jonathan Gannon said post-game uh, from ArizonaCardinals.com to get beat like that, I didn't do a good enough job of getting the team prepped for the game, and that falls solely on me. And we got to do a better job, give Cleveland credit, but you lose the takeaway battle, you lose the explosive play battle. We got outscored by however many yards we got outscored by. We're not going to win. It's a good football team, but we didn't play well enough in any phase today to win the game uh more from well, him let, 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 let me narrow that down to he also said we couldn't run it we couldn't protect it we couldn't throw it yeah more so in 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 the story yeah he officially then said here we couldn't run it couldn't protect we couldn't throw it so a lot of things to get cleaned up from the staff 
Uh, and then the other thing of note here is that Kyler Murray is eligible to return. Uh, well, he's been eligible to return, but if he doesn't uh, get activated this week, then he officially is no longer activated to play for the rest of the season. So that'll be the thing to monitor. He was specifically asked about Kyler Murray starting next week, and he said, I'm not thinking about that right now. Yeah, if I'm Kyler Murray, I'm thinking to myself or maybe out loud or to friends that I rehab my ass off for this. You got to be kidding. I'm coming back for this to play with this. Uh, James Conner is also eligible to return this week. Those are two uh, key players in terms of like what we've been talking about all season long uh, about a roster that uh, you know certainly has been depleted of of talent over various different reasons here. But James Conner, uh, one of those star players for the Cardinals, Kyler Murray, another one of those players. So that helps. But if you don't have a healthy offensive line, I don't really know how much all of that helps. Uh, not much, in my opinion. I mean, if uh... – yeah, there, if there is a uh, you know big difference, uh, those two guys are better than anybody thinks. One of the other things that Jonathan Gannon said here, uh, yeah, these guys aren't going to waver. We're going to show them the tape, and this is what we need to improve, and this is what we need to do to give ourselves a better chance to win the game. So we'll put all our effort and focus into Atlanta. Good football team coming in here and playing at home. Try to go get a win. I don't know what else he is uh, supposed to say, but it's certainly a, a deflating performance there with the Cardinals at 1-8. and eight. By the way, Atlanta's not a good football team either, by the way. You know, their defense, which I thought was pretty good, sucked yesterday. Uh, I can't wait for that game on Sunday, a showdown in Glendale between the Falcons and the Cardinals. Uh, you know, Gannon's now gone from coach speak to really you know, complete BS. You know, but once again, as I've said all along, they knew they were going to be horrible. They're not going to come out and say, we're horrible, we're just waiting Hopefully we'll get the first round draft pick and then we'll select whoever is the best player with the first pick of the draft and maybe we won't be as horrible next season. From the Browns side of things here, Deshaun Watson was 19 of 30, 219 yards and two touchdowns. It was a couple of good deep throws from him, but otherwise I thought it was kind of a, a squirrely performance from him. And when you're looking at this uh, AFC North division, how good the Ravens are, the Bengals seemingly uh, finding their stride now, uh, you would hope to have some better better throws, better decisions from Deshaun Watson. They also weren't able to get the ground game going. Jerome Ford, 20 carries, 44 yards. Kareem Hunt, 14 carries, 38 yards, and a touchdown. Well, they also lost two starting offensive linemen in this game. They were already without Conklin for the season at right tackle. Wills went down. I can't imagine he's playing anytime soon. He went down this game. He's their left tackle. They lost their right guard early in the game. Uh, so and their running backs are not what they had hoped, obviously, you know, with Nick Chubb being injured in the second or third game of the season. So uh, as far as Watson, uh, they mentioned uh, before the game even started, that he's had really no full bore practices for weeks. Uh, so maybe there's a flyer with Watson because of that. You did mention the decision, though. That's the one thing when he was in his heyday at Houston, which I thought were somewhat questionable. And uh, there were some of those things that were questionable yesterday. 
So I'm not sure that this offense is going to get enormously better uh, during the season, uh, even when he's playing. But, uh, you know, their defense is certainly good. And, uh, you know, their special teams have been kind of up and down. But, uh, you know, yesterday they, they were okay. And, uh, you know, they would have had to have been disastrous if they would have made any difference in that game as far as the special teams go because mm-hmm. – the Cardinals just look, look, they little look like a uh, amateur team quite frankly and they really are an amateur team as we've said many many times for many many weeks this is the worst roster in the NFL and they are the worst team to watch in the entire NFL and unfortunately we have to watch every damn play of the season uh, when it comes to, you just mentioned the injuries for the Browns offensive line. Uh, Kevin Stefanski met the media. He did tell reporters that uh, offensive tackle Jedrick Wills has an MCL sprain and he will be placed on IR. The expectation, though, is for him to come back. But uh, Jedrick Wills going on IR. Yeah, and we actually talked about him a little bit on Friday during our preview of the game, and he has not exactly been what they thought when they drafted him, but he's certainly better than anybody that they have, and uh, that's going to be a big drop-off. And this division, as I mentioned in the last hour during the sports zone, all four teams have winning records. And uh, an offensive line, they're going to have to figure out how, you know, as good as their defense has been most of the season, even though their defense has had a couple of subpar games, But as good as their defense has been for most of the season, they're going to have to figure out how to be at least average on offense to win enough games to make the postseason. Uh, the Browns are sitting at five and three. The Cardinals are at one and eight. The remaining schedule for the Cardinals here: home against the Falcons. I didn't realize this was in question, but uh, Arthur Smith for the Falcons announced today that quarterback Taylor Heineke will start once again for Arizona. So it'll be Taylor Heineke in that game. So home against the uh, the Falcons, then on the road at the Texans, home versus the Rams, road against the Steelers. Then comes their bye week, home versus the. 49ers road against the Bears road against the Eagles and then home to conclude the season against the Seahawks and then we could all celebrate after that Seahawks home game yeah it's it's hard because we don't because we don't have to watch this crap anymore at that point I'm never been looking forward to any local team have a season end than the Cardinals this season I knew it was going to be bad I could not have imagined it'd be this bad. And it's going to get worse, most likely, because you know, they just aren't good. And hopefully Murray and James Conner can make some kind of difference. But as long as they have inferior players and players that should not be on NFL rosters at multiple positions, it's not going to make a big difference. There was plenty of other action in the NFL, so we'll dive into that on the other side of the break. Uh, your phone calls today around 1130 and 1215, 602, 260, 1060 is the number, but more NFL discussion is coming up on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. KDUS AM 1060 is the home to the Dan Patrick Show, the Doug Gottlieb Show, and Sports Map Radio. Catch all the sports content here on AM 1060.
22 here on KDOS AM 1060. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until 1 p.m. as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. That's right. Uh, the Sports Zone is now from 10 to 11 and the Extra Point from 11 to 1. Let's get back into some NFL discussion. On Friday, I think I had mentioned that if Clayton Toon gets the start, uh, Jaron Hall gets the start for the Vikings, you were going to have uh, like a record number of rookie quarterbacks starting NFL games this season. Well, just let alone here in week number nine, you had Will Levis, a rookie quarterback, getting things started for uh, the Titans on Thursday night football. Jaron Hall did start the game for the Vikings. He was unfortunately unable to complete the game. We'll get into that game a little bit later on. Tyson Bajent, rookie for the Bears, got the start on Sunday. C.J. Stroud, rookie for the Texans on Sunday. Clayton Toon, rookie for the Cardinals on Sunday. Bryce Young, rookie for the Panthers on Sunday. Aiden O'Connell, rookie for the Raiders on Sunday. And then Tommy DeVito, rookie for the Giants. He had to come in in the first quarter. It has now been confirmed that uh, Daniel Jones tore his ACL. So you have uh, Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor, the first two quarterbacks for the Giants now on IR. We'll get into so one. Of, so one of those rookie quarterbacks is good. One of them. Yeah. And that's a fun game that we'll get to here a little bit uh, later on in the NFL discussion. Let's first start, though, with the Germany game. Uh, the Dolphins and the Chiefs here got things started bright and early on our Sunday morning. So first up, Bob, did you wake up to watch it? I did. Very good. <laughs> yeah, doesn't sound too enthusiastic. No. Uh, yeah, it was all right. I mean, I you know, I didn't think it was a very well-played game, but what would you expect? Because it's a game on foreign soil, and none of these games seemingly are ever any good. And next week's game is going to be really bad if they were playing in America or Mars or anywhere because it's uh, Colts and Patriots. Can't wait. For, I'm not getting up for that game. Yeah, that's not... Not expected to be a thrilling contest. The Chiefs held on to win against the Dolphins, though, 21-14. to The Chiefs moved the ball in the first half. They also then had a fumble recovery for a touchdown. That was a cool, nifty play there uh, to, to lateral it, and uh, off he went scurrying for the touchdown. But they were unable to score in the second half. Mahomes' numbers, 20 of 30, 185 yards, two touchdowns, two sacks. Isaiah Pacheco... 16 carries for 66 yards. Is there cause for concern with this Chiefs offense? Yeah, I've been saying that all year long. I mean, their offensive line's not as good as it has been, including the studs in the middle, the three guys in the middle, and they they talked about that a little bit yesterday morning. And their uh, you know they, their their defense is carrying them at this point. They are seven and two, and they are the number one seed in the AFC right now. And their two losses were the first game when Kelsey and Jones didn't play, and the other losses when Mahomes was ill at Denver. Uh, they get a bye next week, and it seems they look like a tired team to me yesterday also, so I think it's a good time for a bye for them. Flipping this on over to the Dolphins' side of things, they were shut out in the yeah. first half. Tua, 21 of 34, 193 yards, one touchdown, three sacks. Tyreek Hill, the Chiefs were able to bracket him, limit him. Tyreek Hill, eight catches, 62 yards on 10 targets. And now the Dolphins find themselves 0-3 against teams with winning records this season. I'll even go back further. They haven't beaten a team above 500 since September of last season. 
they've they've the three losses they've scored 17 points per game. Uh, they have four straight losses against Kansas City over the years. Uh, Tua thought to made some really bad plays and throws down the stretch after he helped cut that lead from 21-0 to 21-14. And uh, the best news here is it was a close game, uh, so I'm guessing that there will be more opportunities to bet against uh, Miami later in the season when they actually play a team that has a pulse. Because I just think that they're a fun team to watch for some, uh, especially when they play really bad opponents. But I think that they are a complete bogus team. This team is not going to win Jack in the postseason. Do you think that the run game may be more impacted than maybe realized with Devon Achan going on IR? That doesn't help, no doubt about it. But, but, you know, really, they've got other alternatives for sure. And, uh, yeah, Mostert's really good. So, uh, you know, so you know, A-Chan, I think, kind of had more more explosive plays. But, you know, A-Chan's one of the fastest guys in the league, too. Uh, so, it's, you know, that 400-meter relay team that I was, you know, you know, I and others have talked about during the season, when all those guys are healthy, uh, that's still intact. That, you know, I don't care if all those guys are healthy. They just uh, are not good enough in the offensive and defensive lines to beat these teams that are good, and they don't. I heard someone's opinion about uh, Tua, and I'm just curious if you think there's something to it here. Uh, that They were saying that it doesn't really seem like Tua is – uh, going through progressions, he's just kind of throwing it to where the scheme tells him to throw it to. And sometimes those decisions, um, you know, when he, he gets off off rhythm, off timing because of something that throws the whole whole thing for a loop. And then also uh, it may not actually be open despite the scheme kind of telling you it should be open and he gets himself into trouble. That makes sense. I mean, those people are far smarter than I, quite frankly, as far as, you know, I'm guessing those, those are a lot of the uh, people on television uh, and uh, and so forth. So that's fine, podcasters or whatever. And they understand schemes and things a lot better than I do. So I think that's true. Uh, also, though, uh, the thing that you know, he made, he threw some really inaccurate balls when that game was on the line yesterday. And, you know, that was uh, something that, you know, that surprised me a little bit because usually his accuracy is not an issue. His arm strength has been his biggest question and his health, obviously, even before the concussions last year. But, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, Tua survives the season. He's, get, he's getting hit a lot, and he's doing a good job of avoiding being hit even more. Uh, he's a really good slider. And, you know, there are a few quarterbacks that have really mastered that over the years. There are some quarterbacks that are horrible at that. Uh, but Tua is very good at that, so good for him. The Vikings and the Falcons here. Another one of the contests with a rookie quarterback getting the start, Jaron Hall, for the Vikings. But he was knocked out of the game with a concussion. So in comes Joshua Dobbs, who was part of the Vikings for about four or five days. Uh, he didn't uh, really know any of the plays, didn't know, had taken no reps with the Vikings in preparation for the game. He was sacked for a sta- safety to kind of get things started. And then he got rolling 20 of 30, 158 yards, two touchdowns, three sacks. But he did his damage like we have seen him do for the Cardinals with his legs. Seven carries, 66 yards and one touchdown. And he led the Vikings 
down the field with two minutes to go for the game-winning touchdown. And while that is really awesome and cool to see for Joshua Dobbs, especially with his life being as uprooted as it has been this season, just talking about a life perspective, uh, I'm not exactly sure what the Falcons were doing there on defense. Yeah, that surprised me a little bit because I actually have talked about this a lot. I thought they had an improved defense, and certainly it was not yesterday. Even though you know, 30 pass attempts for 158 yards is not exactly airing it out. Uh, so, you know, if I were a Vikings fan, I wouldn't get overly enthused about Joshua Dobbs. We saw enough of him here. Uh, you know, sixth organization since last September. And uh, there's a reason you're on six with six different organizations in that time frame because you're not really an NFL starting quarterback. The Vikings are now sitting at five and four, and there's also something to monitor, too. Uh, I haven't seen any official designation on this this morning yet. Uh, Cam Akers, though, uh, with his Achilles. Yeah, but he's not, he hasn't played that much anyway. You know, you know, I'm not, you know, I feel bad that he has an Achilles injury, but. Yeah, he's not, uh, in fact, fantasy people think he should have been playing more, uh, but uh, he is not, and uh, so I'm not exactly sure. I don't think that sets him back, quite frankly. I mean, he, there's a reason that he's been on a couple different rosters this season, too. And for the Falcons, we had mentioned it in the previous segment, uh, Arthur Smith, head coach of the Falcons, officially announced that quarterback Taylor Heineke will start once again on Sunday against Arizona. M- I assume he was asked that question because Heineke kind of showed why he's been on several different organizations, I guess just two organizations, right, in the last two or three years. He's not any good either. And once again, uh, this is a case of two teams that really don't have an NFL starting quarterback on their rosters because Kirk Cousins is hurt. The Saints beat the Bears 24-17, to but it was close for a while. Uh, Derek Carr here, 25-34, 211 yards, two touchdowns. Taysom Hill had one passing touchdown, one receiving touchdown. He also had 11 carries for 52 yards. Tyson Bajan, 18-30, 220 yards, two touchdowns, and three interceptions. That guy's bad. I mean, I'm another guy that should not be a starting quarterback in the NFL the list just grows every week. Uh, he made a couple of plays early in the game, but he also made many plays. I believe he even lost a fumble too. If he didn't lose the fumble, it was you know it put him set him back. It was a sack, uh, which wasn't all his fault. But you know the Bears have a bad offensive line, like many teams. It looks like at least they said yesterday early in the broadcast that they thought that Justin Fields might play Thursday. That's right, they play Thursday, and it's a showdown: Bears and Panthers. I can't wait for that. Uh, The one thing that the Bears did do over the weekend, they did sign Martez Sweat to a four-year, $99 million contract extension less than one week after they traded for him uh, to get him from the Commanders. And the Saints do sit atop the NFC South at five and four. So I don't know if you did the win total for them or if you did to win the division. No, I did the win total, and that's pretty shaky in itself. Uh, there's no question that Derek Carr was injured before. He's much better now with a healthy shoulder, and uh, he's throwing the ball down the field. Been pretty except for the one half against, uh, maybe like one quarter, right against the uh, against the Packers this year. For the most part, they've been pretty good there. Uh, they might want to think about a new kicker, but uh, that's just uh, me thinking about my win total bet. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, speaking of the Packers here, they beat the Rams 20-3, to but the Rams were without Matthew Stafford. Insert Brett Rippon. Uh, I didn't include him in the rookies but because uh, he's not, but it's certainly a drop from Stafford to Brett Rippon here. 13 of 28, 130 yards and one interception. Meanwhile, uh, Jordan Love was... Uh, 20 of 26, 228 yards, one touchdown, four sacks. Aaron Jones, 20 carries, 73 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, I, I'm not surprised by this outcome when you don't have Matthew Stafford. Yeah, they had no chance, basically. I'll narrow it down even further than that. They had no chance. They also have too many rookies on their team, uh, the Rams, and it's just kind of catching up to them. And this is another game with Love against Rippon, two more bad quarterbacks who should not be starters in the NFL. 602-260-1060 is the number if you'd like to chime in. NFL conversation, Arizona Cardinals college football conversation. We'll definitely be getting into much more around college football to open up our number two. Uh, but we'll also, on the other side of the break, continue the NFL games uh, going through the morning slate, then getting to the afternoon slate around the NFL. It is the Extra Point right here on KDUS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDUS. 1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app right now there is a pretty cool contest happening at the KDOS 1060 app so be sure to download register and find out how you can qualify for a chance to win that prize more extra point is coming up on the other side of the break this is Monday November 11 uh, November 6th I should say Interact with Bob Kemp's poll question on KDUS1060.com. That's KDUS1060.com. And while you're there, check out Bob Kent's bottom line at KDUS1060.com. right here on KDOS AM 1060. It is the Extra Point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you. We'll put a pin in the NFL conversation momentarily because as promised, your phone calls, 602-260-1060 is the number. Pop on out to the KDOS hotline. Al in Phoenix, what's on your mind today? Hey, Kayla and Bob. Well, you know, I think the ASU uh, performance was actually worse because it was uh, it was historical. They haven't had that bad of an offensive performance. They had 83 yards from scrimmage back in 1946 when they lost to Arizona, 67 to nothing. They only had 12 yards. You have to go that far back. So I, I didn't. I didn't actually watch the ASU game. Unfortunately, I watched some of the Cardinals game. And you're right. If I never see this Cardinals team play again, I'll be happy. It, that, that's a that's you know, almost the point where you're like they they should just have a mercy rule for a team like that. <laughs> you have a 10 road rule in softball back in the day. Yeah, so yeah, they, it's they uh, had no chance. I've never seen no. a, I'm not sure I've ever seen a, a less competitive team than what the Cardinals fielded out there. I think that's a fair statement. Too, I mean, I guess he's made for tanking. Well, it's not his fault. I mean, you know, he had no chance and yeah, this offensive line, as I continue to say, even when healthy this year, has gotten worse as the season continued, yet we hear all these things about, you know, we're working hard and la-di-da. They just aren't any good. Yeah, I agree. And do you think, you know, back to AS, 
you know, Utah, they've had, you know, it's kind of an interesting season because they've had, you know, they've they've looked really strong for most of the season, but they've had a few losses where they, like the Oregon one, where they just look like they just didn't have enough. So that's why I kind of wonder, U of A, I could see them winning two of those three games. I think the the Utah game is going to be tough. That's one where I would say that uh, if I was going to pick them to uh, have a loss, that would be it. I agree with that. Um, they're not going to be surprising at this point if they lost to ASU, and uh, <laughs> yeah. and they, they Colorado. I mean, they're they're not any good, and obviously they, they you know Dion fired his offensive coordinator on Friday, uh, who basically they paid a lot of money to get because you know Mike Tomlin wanted to hire the guy. I forgot his name. I apologize. There was the used to be Lewis. There used to be the former head coach at Bowling Green. No, yeah, no Kent State. Sorry, Kent State. Got my Ohio State schools mixed up there. Uh, Tomlin wanted to hire him as the offensive coordinator last year, and basically they didn't offer more money than Colorado did. So he ended up at Colorado, and here we are with uh, you know seven, eight weeks into the season. I guess ten weeks into the season in college now. Uh, Dion fired the guy on Friday, and you know, Shermer is now the play caller in Colorado, and they're uh, not going to make a bowl game after all this hype and stuff at the start of the year. They've got to, they, I think, they got to win at least two more games, and that ain't happening. <laughs> what a disappointment! Because they started out with, you know, they didn't start with really expectations, but they got so hyped up because of that TCU win, and then yeah, they really, they were, you know, TCU I watched TCU get a run off the field by Texas Tech the other night, so they're not any good at all. So, yeah, that was uh, you know, and Dion's a marketing genius. I'm not joking about that. Uh, he really is. I mean, I don't know how he gets all the time to fill all these spots because there, there's new commercials like every week. The cashew thing now, right? That I saw last week, and yeah, they, that couldn't have been done before the season started. The, the filming of that commercial, so. Maybe he should actually coach his team a little more and, uh, you know, hard to say this, but, you know, not try to make so much money on the side, even though I think that's a good recruiting tool in the future. Uh, but, I mean, it seems like there is way too much going on at Colorado to actually focus on the football team that he currently has. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I uh, what about, uh, do you think Alex Grinch will end up getting hired somewhere else again as a, defense coordinator yeah, I, this is the last we've seen for him for a while well, i would hope so i mean he helped ruin the ohio state defense in the late uh you know like 2018 and 19 that's when the ohio state defense started to decline uh when he was their defensive coordinator uh he actually uh you know he he was bad there he went to ou and he was terrible uh, amazingly, Lincoln Riley got him to come to USC, and they've been—he's gotten worse every place he's been. You know, the only thing that he did really well as a defensive coordinator when he was at Washington State, which makes no sense because he had Mike Leach as the offensive coordinator, and Mike Leach did not do any favors to his defenses, no matter where he was. So, that's the only. All right, well, thank you, Bob and Kayla.
Thanks, Al. 602-260-1060 is the number. We'll do another call segment around uh, 12.15 today. Before we get back into the NFL conversation, it looks like there is a complete bombshell happening in the world of Major League Baseball. The yeah. According here to Ken Rosenthal, which has now also been uh, confirmed by Jeff Passan, it looks like the Cubs have moved on from David Ross and are going to now hire Craig Council. This is going to be a monumental story in Chicago. I mean, uh, they do not like the Cubs fans, do not like Brewers fans. It's quite a rivalry there, you know, 70 miles apart, roughly, uh, and so forth. I used to live in the northern suburbs of Chicago, and I could actually get to Milwaukee just by going up the 94 faster than I could uh, trying to figure out how to get to Wrigley Field. <laughs> so uh, it was a, uh, this a major rivalry there. So the fact that uh, they apparently, and Rosenthal's obviously in the know, so I'm not disputing this whatsoever. The fact that uh, the Cubs have hired uh, Council to be the uh, manager there is great for the Cubs. This actually might give them a reason to keep Cody Bellinger. Be, uh, if I'm Cody Bellinger, this might actually give me a reason to stay in Chicago. And this is the first time I've thought for an inkling that that possibility could actually happen. They're still going to have to pay him. They're paying counsel apparently more than any manager literally in baseball. So hopefully they will pay some players too. Is this, you know, what did you think of David Ross as a manager? Is this just indicative of uh, they just view Craig Council as being far and away better than any other manager? He's available, so let's go get him, and not necessarily in an indictment on David Ross, or were there some questions about Ross's managerial moves? I actually thought Ross did as well as he could with what he had, uh, for sure. And uh, they had a bunch of injuries that certainly did not help them down the stretch. Now, you know, they also didn't exactly turn things around once things went badly down the stretch this past year. It looked like they were going to be in the playoffs for sure, and uh, they were terrible. And I mean really terrible in the uh, last two or three weeks of the regular season to fall completely out of the playoff race. Council's really good. I wouldn't ever. I wouldn't say he's the best manager in baseball because you know, Bruce Bochy's doing pretty well. Uh, but you know, Council is an excellent strate- uh, strategical guy. I think he's done more with less than anybody in baseball. I would say that. And you would think he's going to have at least, a, hopefully, eventually, or maybe pretty quickly, a better roster in Chicago than he had in Milwaukee. However. He uh, is not going to have nearly as good a pitching staff as Chicago as he had in Milwaukee for starting pitchers when healthy and bullpen. Well, I guess the long-awaited what's happening with Marcus Stroman will also have to be answered. Yeah, even though, I mean, he, you know, on a good team, he's like a third or fourth starter. Uh, he's also really good at Wrigley Field because uh, they still have the high grass. They have a very good defensive infield, you know, council – is used to good defense. He's going to get good defense again in Chicago. Uh, so good for him. Uh, former Diamondback Craig Council has been on this show a couple times over the years. So I'm actually glad for him. It's a better situation for him than trying to deal with what was going on in Milwaukee where they never seemed to want to pay the players there, uh, let alone the manager. We'll get into more NFL as we wrap up hour number one on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. 
check out KDUS AM 1060 on 100.7 KSLX HD2. That's right, HD Radio on 100.7 channel number two. Wrapping up hour number one of Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. Continuing our NFL conversation, sidestepped by some breaking news in Major League Baseball, but back here on uh, the grass, the Ravens trounced the Seahawks 37-3 yesterday. When the Ravens did this to the Lions, I said, well, you know, it's probably somewhere in between, right? That the Lions aren't this bad, the Ravens aren't this good, but here they are again doing it uh, to the Seahawks. Geno Smith, he has had trouble this season with uh, some decision-making, some uh, key keeping the ball away from the other team. He was 13 of 28, 157 yards, one interception, four sacks, and a fumble. The team had just 15 carries for 28 yards. Meanwhile, Lamar Jackson was efficient, 21 of 26, 187 yards, uh, 10 carries for him, and 60 yards on the ground. I was right about this game. I called Seattle a phony team last week, a phony two-loss team uh, several times, whether it be on FanDuel spots or when we previewed the game. And I think it's safe to say now that Geno Smith was a one-year wonder. I mean, he did nothing for like half a decade or more after he was drafted high in the draft. And uh, he was great last year. He really was. And I don't use the word great unless I mean it. He's been Geno Smith since then and uh, pretty bad this year, accuracy-wise, decision-making, etc. Uh, Baltimore is now 3-0 and zero against teams above 500. they They're the anti-Dolphins. Uh, and uh, it'll be interesting because they do play uh, week 10. They play a home game against Cleveland, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, then we have the legend of C.J. Stroud. Uh, the Texans win over the Bucks, 39-37. to The Bucks took the lead with 46 seconds to go. Baker Mayfield led. Uh, the Bucks engineered a great drive, 10 plays, 61 yards to take the lead. But C.J. Stroud said not so fast here. Six plays, 75 yards in 40 seconds. It included a 26-yard pass to Tank Dell on the sideline and then a 15-yard touchdown pass to Tank Dell to select solidify the victory he had 470 yards passing five touchdowns no interceptions he was sacked just three times he set the single game rookie passing record breaking Andrew Luck who did it back in 2012 with 433 yards he also is joining a list of kind of an interesting list of rookie quarterbacks to have five touchdown passes Daniel Jones Deshaun Watson Jameis Winston Matthew Stafford and a player from 1937 Ray Bavid not familiar with Ray, uh, so there's that. But uh, I don't know if he, you know, he, he needs to, you know, the Andrew Luck comparison, you know, stick with that one, CJ, if you're, I'm sure he's to it again. Uh, so there's that. I don't know if I don't want to be on the other list because there's some quarterbacks on there that I don't think you want to be compared to. Uh, but the fact that, you know, I don't, I'm not surprised at all, and I mean at all, I mean 470 yards, yeah, but how good he's been right off the bat. He's extremely accurate, which I said for two years when he was at Ohio State. He doesn't throw interceptions very often, and he's thrown hardly any in the NFL so far this season. Uh, so good for him, good for the Texans. I actually thought that, that it was kind of cool that they won that game. And yeah, Baker Mayfield did make some plays. 
but the defense was awful, so I can't really defend the Todd Bowles thing anymore because the offense wasn't the problem yesterday. Rookie of the year odds, C.J. Stroud, as of this morning, was minus 550. Puka Nakua. <laughs> I'm just going to say, yeah. it's got to be ridiculous. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Puka Nakua is next at plus 750. Jameer Gibbs at 15 to 1 and Bijan Robinson at 24 to 1. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be C.J. Stroud's honor. The Eagles and the Cowboys. Uh, the Eagles end up going on to win 28 to 23. It was a wild ending with the Eagles trying to give the Cowboys a victory, trying to gift it to them, but the Cowboys said no, thank you. Uh, Dak 29 to 44, 374 yards, three touchdowns and five sacks. Jalen Hurts 17 of 23, 207 yards, two touchdowns and three sacks. But I think the thing that we have to take away from the Eagles side of this is that Hurts definitely dealing with a knee injury. He was wearing a brace then he twisted his knee again on a Cowboys player tight end Dallas Goddard suffered a forearm fracture and I thought I had seen that he was likely to have surgery today yes he's going to be out four to five weeks of course he's on my uh you know long, long it's amazing in the fantasy league I'm in I've you know like all my good players are pretty much hurt yet I've somehow won five games in this league because our league is just you know there's not very many good teams because I'm not any good, and I keep. I'm amazed that I, you know, keep winning games on a semi-regular basis. Uh, so there's that. Uh, the Eagles, uh, they're eight and one. Two straight years they've been eight and one, but they have the toughest remaining schedule in the NFL. They have a bye this week, which I'm sure hurts, and some of the other beat-up players are pretty happy about that. But they need a bye because they come back with a brutal five-game stretch. Uh, here's the five games. At Kansas City, Buffalo, and San Francisco at home. At Dallas, and then they go to Seattle. And you know, don't think Seattle is that great, but still that's five games in a row against teams that are above 500. Buffalo, is Buffalo still above 500? I don't even know. Five and four. Uh, okay, so they're still above. You know, probably you know, can't say that next week probably, but I'll say that today. Uh, so there's that. I actually thought Dak played a really good game, um, you know, considering everything going on. I've mentioned throughout the year that the Dallas offensive line, it's not that good this year. Same guys for the most part. Terrence Steele might have actually surpassed some other right tackles this year that we've mentioned as the worst game of any right tackle in the NFL this season. He gave up at least three of those sacks. And it was amazing that uh, you know Dak somehow escaped two or three more uh, because Steele didn't block anybody pretty much the whole game. Then you have the Sunday night contest with the Bengals topping the Bills 24-18. to 18. Joe Burrow was 31-44, of 44, 348 yards, two touchdowns, and one sack for him. He did have uh, his finger uh, hurt, cleaned up. He called it a little cut, nothing <laughs> bad postgame. Uh, the Bengals, though, the run game, Joe Mixon, 14 carries, 37 yards, one touchdown. So it was all Joe Burrow feeling uh, much healthier, connecting with T-, T. Higgins a lot. Eight catches, 110 yards. Flipping this on over to it was the Josh Allen show, 26 of 38, 258 yards, one touchdown, one pick, eight carries, 44 yards, and a touchdown. Buffalo has many losses now as they did all of last year. Uh, fifth consecutive game with at least one pick, nine picks on the season. Buffalo can't run the ball unless Allen runs it. Uh, so we'll see what's up with that. Uh, obviously, the Bengals have gotten better. And as it turns out, I think that Zach Taylor is a pretty good coach. And I was among many who ripped him in his early coaching days in Cincinnati. 
The Bills are 5-4, and 1-3 and three on the road. The Bengals 5-3, and 3-1 three, three and one at home. And the teams are definitely going in different directions as of right now. We'll get into much more college football in hour number two. It is the Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060.